the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our series, Rescued, continues today as we continue our look at what it means to be slaves of Christ rather than sin. It's all straight ahead. Join us and be encouraged. Slaves. Slaves to sin. Before Christ, that's what you and I were. And that describes us. We were enslaved to bondage and sin. And we had nothing to look forward to but eternal death. But Christ comes along and redeems us. And that slavery to sin is now ended for you and I, the rescued. And that's what we're looking at as we continue our series called Rescued here on Truth For Today. Let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard, shall we? As we understand the slavery to sin, how it has ended, and the bondage to Christ and what that really means. The worst thing about any place you go is that you take you. Uh, Isn't that your greatest enemy? Uh, Did you know when the devil is bound for a thousand years, there will still be sin? When the devil's not around to tempt you, you'll still be tempted to sin. It comes from within. Within the heart of man. But this grace life, grace life, uh, we've been given a brand new way of living. Uh, I need to, Ron, you could help. I'm giving Q&A for 10 minutes after each message. Don't ask me about your taxes or anything about that. Uh, if there's anything pertinent to the subject matter, we'd be willing to let you ask a question and try to address it. She only gets one question. Timer. Boom. Um, the Lord has really taught me something. Praise the Lord. Um, this was like recently, this two days ago this week. Um, I was studying and um, he was telling me that um, the light, um, the spiritual realm is, the light is has to do with him because he is the light. And um, spiritual death is... Um, has a lot to do with Satan. I, de- I never known that for myself because I had to study the Bible to get a full understanding in his words. So that's something I just, you know, learned on my own. I heard you preach about it before, you know, coming here lots of times. And I just wanted to, I had to search for my own um, self to get, um, you know, what, more the of question? the Lord. What's so the question? He's taught me about the spiritual realm and the light is of him and the darkness is spiritual all of this satan's is spiritual his spiritual realm is um is death right death and darkness right and no he's in destruction all of that is satan and okay. um um jesus is light and life life i've learned this okay. because he's i've been asking him to show me 
so I could be self-approved in his word. And he has. So okay. I just wanted to share and that. Read First John 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't walk in darkness, mm-hmm. which is God's life yes. and manifestation. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, you, Pastor. You've been called to walk in the light. Thank you. Good, He's good. Been working with me. God bless. Well, somebody have a question? I know it's kind of hard in a room this size. You don't want to be looking bad. But, uh, okay. Judah. Yeah, I just had a question. Uh, It was referring back to the passage we read in Colossians when it said one of the uh, sinful desires was passion. I just want to know, is it wrong? Like, let's say you have a passion for a dream job, like dream job, like you want to be like a technician or engineer or something like that. Is it wrong to have a passion to pursue what you want to do, to like have a passion to pursue what you want to become in your dream job and have a future career? Not at all. Not at all. And uh, uh, I'm hoping your generation has that passion uh, to, to pursue a work ethic, to want to do. But I, I think it's wonderful when you're a child of God, uh, he will energize you to be willing and to be doing of his good pleasure. Because God's got a divine plan for Judah that he's worked out in Ephesians 2.10. And so that, no, be ambitious. Uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's like this. It takes a lot of work to wind up doing what God wants. Uh, you know, we, a lot of times, I was called to preach, let's say, 15. But then I spent 14 years preparing. Took me 14 years of paying tuition to learn anything. And so it's not just, ooh, hand to God, came on. Wait, a bunch of perspiration took place. I just signed up for perspiration. It's not just, oh, it just all rains on you. No, no. Will you study? Will you prepare? And no, that's a wise man. That's a wise man. Prepare yourself to be whatever you think God may have in your future. Specialize as a technician, engineer. No, no, no. That's healthy. That's good. Keep fanning it. And if God doesn't want you to do that, he'll show you. He'll show you. But in the meantime, be engaged. Be engaged. Don't be passive. Good. Hey, yay. Uh, okay. Hey, Pastor. Um, you know, you mentioned that when we're battling sin in our mind and the thoughts come into our mind that we have to talk to ourselves. But I have found for me, it is much more effective if I use God's word and I speak it out loud. Oh, good. Good. And if you know God, what God's word says, whatever thought is attacking you, if you can get a scripture and not just think it, but speak that scripture out because his word is alive and active. It's sharper than a sword and it permeates the atmosphere. It doesn't go out void. That's excellent. And it confuses Satan. Oh, that's great. And so, James, it fulfills James 4, 7 that while you're submitting to God, you resist the devil. Amen. There's no word he hates more than the word of God. Exactly. And exactly. that's what Jesus did in his temptation. And sometimes people talk to themselves, but they're not talking to themselves in the right way. Well, you could be in J Ward and be talking to exactly. yourself. And you can be so frustrated and full of fear that you're not saying the right things to yourself. Yeah. But God says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. Psalm and you say that. You say that to yourself, Beautiful. but you're also speaking his word. I love Just it. I love it. I think that's why we tell you, get the word in you. It's the only ammunition you'll have in the evil day. 
taking the sword of the Spirit, which are the words of God. Ephesians six seventeen. Hi, um, my name is Meling, and me and my husband are uh, visiting this church because um, my mother-in-law goes to this church. And um, as I can see, there's a lot of, like, um, you know, elderly generation here. Where we come from, we live in Auckland, where it goes to church in, in San Francisco. So, as you know, like, as a generation, like, um, living in this area is very expensive. And I wonder, is right um, to like you know do the master plans about like money, like investing, you know, prepare for the future? Like, what's the right heart for money? Like, for doing those kind of things, the right to have passion to pursuing wealth? Like, that's the kind of question I'm asking. Yeah. Is it right to pursue wealth? Like, not say super wealthy, but just saying like enough to support a family because like, you know, there's a lot of fear in yeah. our heart. It's like how we can live in this expensive city, especially like we're living in Auckland, like the houses are way more expensive than here. Like, yeah. like it's very hard to trust like, you know, God, like, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder what's the right like way to kind of pursue in a way. Okay. I think the big battle is to trust God and not be governed by greed. When, when is enough enough? But when you read Proverbs, I think something interesting is when you read Scripture, you've got black and white issues. Don't, uh, don't steal. Man, that's black and white. That's a right or wrong. No question. But in Proverbs, let's say, a book of wisdom, the big issue is, okay, I'm not to... Uh, be immoral, I'm not to be a thief, uh, I'm not to bad language, but now, who should I marry? How should I manage money? You know, what's the best way to manage it? Uh, Maybe if I know stocks really good, I know I can make my money make money and do well. Uh, A person over here that doesn't know stocks had better stay away. Because they don't know. Uh, so that's a matter of economic wisdom, strategy. Uh, but we all deal with greed. You know, it, it's like this. How many pairs of clothes should you have? Uh, you know, and, and so, uh, and it, most of us, you, you heard the silent guilt go through the place. Because <laughs> we're griping, our closets aren't big enough. Uh, and so I think in those things, you know, this, you're getting off a little bit the spirit-filled life. But one thing about it, is there any money set aside for compassion? Any money set aside to those starving? Or you say, that's none of my business. Well, uh, we know you don't have compassion. Are you a generous person with money? Because the more of it you get, the stingier you can become. Money doesn't make you gracious. No, little money or, or lots of money. It doesn't make you gracious. That's a work of the Spirit. To be generous. Honor the Lord first. And then make God. I'll tell you. We pray God will prosper his people. We need somebody that loves Jesus. That has some money. to underwrite his work. This church is underwritten by people that God's blessed. And who underwrite this church. And may you prosper. (laughs) May you prosper.
Why is it so easy for people to hate you? What was that? Why is it so easy for people to hate and not forgive? To hate and not to give? Or, and to forgive? Wow. Why don't you ask a difficult question? <laughs> Man, is that a loaded question? Why is it so easy to hate? Have any of you ever had a temptation to hate? You can raise your hand. We can have an altar call now. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's a loaded. I, I would just say, just off the cuff, man, that is so loaded. Uh, I think sin is inborn in us, and uh, me is number one. So in that, and... Uh, but for it to go beyond, I don't like you, or I wouldn't do it that way, to I hate you. Uh, and, and we're full of it. I mean, we just saw, even like Muslims there in New Zealand. Uh, we're, we're totally non-Muslim. But do I go into a mosque and start killing people? Absolutely not. Uh, I just say it's a part of our sinful depravity and uh, that's why Jesus said they'll know you because I turn you into a lover I turn you into good things but it's just inbred in this I mean uh, why are the bullies on campus now I've got a uh, great grandson he's nine he just started public school this year he's been in Christian school and I keep asking him any kids bullying you yet because I went to Richmond schools and you just felt good to get a home. <laughs> Education was a bonus. You know, I put my girls through Christian schools primarily for protection. Because I grew up in Richmond schools in the Iron Triangle. And uh, it was dangerous uh, no matter. But I lived there when white flight was taking place. And if I didn't walk to school with Boogie and Bulldog, I didn't get home alive. <laughs> I had to have some black friends because it mainly became... But you know what? The racial strife in South Richmond wasn't so bad until drugs came. Drugs, post-Vietnam, and guns. Because we just settled it playing basketball or this. And if he's bigger than you, he's, you knew how to get along. <laughs> you just got tamed real quick. But that, you asked the biggest question, I think, of the day. Why do we hate? Anybody got, Joanne, did you have an answer to that? Oh, no. oh, oh I saw you raise your hand. Okay. All right. Oh, you got a question. Let take, that's a poor answer, but it's a profound question. <laughs> um, you had mentioned that, that we, uh, we have the, the opportunity to constantly put to death what, we, what used to kill us. And um, I've talked to some group of ladies, and we we want to instantly be perfect what we recognize as sin, but to it's it's a process. In other words, we recognize the sin within us, and then we seek God's word to re get it out. But it's a process, and we sometimes beat ourselves up because we 
we get it, but we don't start doing it instantly. Yeah. So it's we have to be patient with ourselves because God is patient with us. That's so, a good word. Yeah. Yeah. So I was. Just, it's, it's a life I we're like under construction, aren't we? Yeah. Life, lifelong. By the time God gets you really get all the kinks worked out, you'll die. Okay. Uh, who? Over here. Over here. All right. You know what? It's going to be $20 a question from now on. <laughs> Dolores. Uh, Pastor, I was uh, just curious that sometimes people are asking us to pray for them. And, um, and most of the time we ask that God would heal them. But in addition to that, what would you also pray for? Uh, we, they usually want you to pray God will heal them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that they walk in the spirit. Uh, that they would uh, uh, be putting to death these negative bents. And, because a lot of folks pray for me, I'm in depression. Okay? Not all people, but sin brings a lot of depression. Sometimes they need to really repent. And I'm not talking about people who have clinical depression or maybe on a medication effect. But... Uh, I would want to, you know, it's like in our uh, times in praying on Wednesday, the staff, I'd say 75% of our prayer requests is ask God to heal some part of my body. I, I kiddingly says it's like an organ recital. <laughs> I mean, uh, I thought, man, I need to start a clinic. Yeah. Because you seldom get soul requests. My inner man. My spiritual life. uh, I'm struggling in this area. I need God's help. And so I would say there's spirit. It's one thing to be saved from your sins. I, I, I accepted Jesus. But it's almost the second half of the gospel. Have you been saved from your sin? Sin principle in you. That, that's your enemy that wants to drag. And I think praying for spiritual deliverance, spiritual help. Uh, pray they'll learn to pray. Uh, 90% of this church doesn't know how to pray. That's the average uh, number in churches. They don't know how to pray. Uh, they just don't. Uh, I, I'm amazed probably 90% of you don't know how to read a verse and tell me what it means. I'm disturbed by that. The ignorance that's in the church that I've been teaching myself for 48 years and I still keep meeting people. They can't tell me what the verse means. I mean, they don't know what it means. I think, why? Why? How long have you been a Christian? 20 years? 25 years? You don't know what it means? Was the Bible written to be understood? Yeah. Okay. A few more, then we'll stop. There was some other. Okay. Lynn. I've called her other names for years, so I'm saying that just to make her feel important. Um, okay, so you mentioned the Holy Spirit, and in the Bible, the Holy Spirit came on the disciples, and they spoke in languages, yeah. in tongues. Right. And I noticed I went to some churches and they all spoke in tongues. And then also the Bible says if there's no one to interpret, you're not supposed to be speaking in tongues. Oh, well. So um, 
And then you go to some churches and no one speaks in tongues. So can you kind of um, explain that to me and why some people speak okay. in tongues? And, some, and is it like yeah. proof that you have the Holy Spirit or not? Or, okay. You know, okay. help me. Acts 1, the Spirit came. Acts 1. Day of Pentecost. They spoke in tongues. But what we don't know is what tongues were. Unless you read the chapter. And people heard Bithynian language. Galatian language. This. By the time it gets to the church of Corinth. They were talking. In a lot of them. The old King James put in unknown tongues. Terrible translation. They're trying to help us out. But that word was inserted. Uh, and they're speaking in languages. That nobody in the place understood. And what Pentecostals did, they made tongues a requirement that you have the Holy Spirit. It's proof you've got the baptism. But he said in 1 Corinthians 12, do all speak in tongues? No. Do all, are all the prophets? No. But they made it mandatory because it was going to be the evidence that you have the power. That, that really you've been visited. Uh, and so they developed a whole theology. I was born and raised in it. Uh, but no uh, and then the tongues in the meeting uh, wh why do we need tongues when we can speak English why do we need an interpreter when we can just say it being in a Pentecostal home it's interesting my mother if one of us kids were sick and he probably remembers if she called our Pentecostal pastor to pray for one of us kids she would do this and don't pray in tongues and, and, and the pastor said, what, what do you mean, Sister Howard? She said, I want to know what you're asking. <laughs> and you better be asking the right thing for my kids. Yeah. So, I mean, back then it was a gift of languages. Uh, Paul spoke in many languages. And so, but today it becomes gibberish, unintelligible sound. And oh, you got it. And I'm, I'm going to ask, I got what? And, and I, I went through all of that. I was a tongue talker one time, sincerely. Wasn't faking it. You know, I was sincere. But it wasn't biblical. By the time I studied Greek, and so, hey, they spoke in the languages of people that were present. They heard them. And so, if someone just jumped up in this meeting right now and started saying things, unintelligible syllables, why? How would it edify and it's amazing how many Pentecostal churches today. Let's say Assembly of God churches. You're not allowed to do it in the service. We grew up, they could do it anytime. And you know why? For the sake of order. For the sake of the outsider. Because he said, if you all speak in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14, outsiders would say you've gone mad. It's in the verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 14. So we say... Uh, the big thing we look for in Lynn is say, Lynn, we're looking for the fruit of the Spirit, and we're not worried for you speaking another language. Uh, speak the language of love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control, and walk in the Spirit, talk in the Spirit, and get out of that pew and start serving. Get it? Yeah. Come on. We, we're, we're, oh, we're gone. We're done. We need to go. We, we talk later. Let's go. Stand up. Let me, let me pray, and I'll pray in English. 
Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the Spirit of God. I'm glad you did give me a new language, Lord. I now can talk praise and worship and thanksgiving and talk the things of the Spirit and not the trash talk. I learned to talk on the streets. Oh, you've given me a new song in my heart. You planted my feet on the rock. So my name's on the roll and my feet are on the rock. I'm going to live for you until I see you face to face. And all of God's people said, God bless you. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Carefully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.